Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Melissa Lynn Previously, she was a successful chemical engineer, and she is now a multiple six-figure business coach and business owner. Over the course of two and a half years, she was trying to DIY her online business, and it went nowhere. She was barely making 1K most months until she decided to push past her fears and take real action. After figuring out powerful strategies and shifting her mindset, She went from barely making it to fully thriving in it. And now she is focused on helping other women do the same with their businesses. I am so excited you're here and I can't wait to chat with you. Thank you. I'm so excited and I cannot wait to dive in and share all about my wild story and how I've got here. I know you're going to have so much good advice to share. So I'd love for you to start telling us a little bit about your story and how you got started in your business. My story, as you heard, I mean, chemical engineer, like what? So I will go way back to when I was growing up. I grew up in a very traditional family. I'm half Chinese and my grandparents came over from Hong Kong and they spoke no English. I am not kidding when I say this, the two words that they would repeatedly put into my head was doctor and husband. So for them, that's what success looked like. They wanted me to be successful, be happy, thrive in life. So that was put into my head growing up. Okay, be a doctor, go marry someone, have a happy family. And I could not handle the blood. I tried. It was all a saga. I passed out in health class. It was not good. So my parents helped me shift over to engineering. I was so great at math and science. So I went and graduated with my chemical engineering degree from college and started that whole venture. Then what started happening was I was working a lot A lot of the times people will tell you the story of, well, you've got to work hard in your 20s and then it's going to get easier in your 30s and 40s and 50s. And I was working like 12, 15 hour days. I was working weekends. I was on call 24 seven, one week of vacation, never traveling, but I had made it right. I was working a very successful engineering job, my early 20s. And I started to look around me and When I was leaving the office, my boss was still there. My boss's boss was still there. So I thought to myself, is it really going to get better if I continue on this path? And at the time, this was like 2013, 2014 or so, I was really into health and fitness. I was doing bikini competitions, bodybuilding, and started to get into the online space. People started to reach out to me on Instagram of, hey, can you help me? 
So for me, ding, 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 I can help somebody solve a problem that they have. That started my first business as an online health and fitness coach. Then I scaled that business and I love the business side so much that I eventually transitioned about three and a half, four years ago now. It's crazy how fast it goes over into business coaching. So I've been a business coach for about that time. And I absolutely love it. I love waking up, being able to do what I do. So that is my story in a quick minute or two of how I got from chemical engineer to business coach. I love that it was ingrained in you, doctor husband. (laughs) It's funny that you realized pretty quickly that doctor was not going to be the right path for you because I definitely relate to that. I always wanted to be a veterinarian. It was ingrained in me. That was my goal. And then when it came down to it, it's like, there's no way I could actually be a veterinarian. I would not be able to handle like the hard decisions that they have to make. Or when it comes to the end of an animal's life, I'm like, no, I'm an empath. No way I could handle that. Nope, but I can't do that. I will go volunteer at the Humane Society any day. That will be what I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is such an incredible story. Because I was wondering about that too, going from a chemical engineer to entrepreneurship. It seems like such a different leap. I can imagine how much you had to work as a chemical engineer and just the exhaustion of working that amount of hours and realizing there has to be a better way. <laughs> And I think what was difficult for me too back then was I wasn't really surrounded by too many other like-minded people in the entrepreneur space. Most of my engineering coworkers had no idea what I was doing. I felt like I had two identities. My parents didn't really know. It was fairly lonely in the early stages when I was going back and forth on this decision of going full-time not sure if people were going to understand. My family was going to understand. And I actually didn't tell my parents. It took me two months after leaving my nine to five to tell them. How did they react when you first told them that? And how did you explain the shift that you made and what you do now? I warned them. I told my dad a few months prior, like, hey, dad, this could be happening. Get ready for this. This might happen. Don't be surprised if this happens. They were so supportive. They're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. So they don't fully understand, but I do. So supportive and so happy for me. My dad still makes a mention here and there. I'm like, well, you know, you can only start an engineering consulting firm. And I'm like, no, dad. Thank you, though. <laughs> So super supportive, definitely more supportive than I thought. It was more so just my fears holding me back and my fear of judgment and just my attachment to the judgment there as well. So lots that I got to work through, which was really great for me. Yeah, it's so wonderful when you have support, even if they don't entirely understand it. I know my husband still says when people ask him what I do, oh, she works from home on the computer. That's it. It doesn't matter how much we talk about it or I try to explain. It's just she works on a computer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I totally get it. Don't worry. I'd love to hear one of the things that we really talk about is marketing because I feel like especially introverts really struggle with marketing. It's such an important part of running a business. And I think a lot of people, they maybe start out wanting to run a business, but then they don't actually know all the marketing that goes into it, like what a huge percentage 
of actually running a business is around marketing. So what is your favorite marketing platform to use for your business? I love this question because I work with a lot of newer entrepreneurs and also mid-level and advanced entrepreneurs. And when everyone gets started, they feel like they need to be everywhere, right? We feel like we need to be on all the platforms because so many new platforms are popping up. That's actually the opposite of what I would recommend. I always recommend start with one, maybe two platforms and focus on the one that your ideal clients are hanging out on where are they spending the most time? So for me, I work with service-based businesses, coaches, the online space. So most of my ideal clients are over on Instagram and Facebook. If you're a career coach, it would probably make sense for you to go over to maybe LinkedIn. So really focus on where they're at. But my favorite is Instagram. There's so much that we can do with adding value and selling and just connecting with people, even in messages as well, or connecting with them through a live video that you're hosting and responding via back and forth with comments. There's so much that you can do on a social media platform. So Instagram is definitely my go-to, same with Facebook. That's usually where I see most end up on, but TikTok is all the rage right now as well on YouTube. So there's lots of platforms. I think a lot of people do try to be on too many first or feel like they have to be. And that's just overwhelming. I can't even imagine trying to keep up because most platforms, they change, they're constantly evolving to have to try to keep up with all the new features and changes on every single platform. That would be a full-time job in itself. (laughs) It is not sustainable for you to put 10% of your energy on Facebook, 10% on TikTok, 10% on Pinterest, 10% on YouTube, especially in the beginning. Maybe at some point as you've grown a team and you've scaled your business, but in the beginning, focus on one or two, keep it as simple as you can have it for sure. Totally. Because otherwise you're going to spread yourself way too thin and never really make an impact on any platform. So what do you think has contributed the most to your success as a business owner or as a coach? Is there one thing that you think has really been the biggest driver for success for you? I would say stepping outside of my comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. And that's where I see the entrepreneurs who succeed versus those that maybe don't necessarily succeed or maybe stop or give up is really doing the things not everyone's going to do and stepping outside of your comfort zone and moving into that next level. I would say that's definitely the thing. And then I'm going to add in the second one just because I want to, but just keep going. There are going to be so many times in business where it doesn't go how you want it to go, or it's not what you had expected. There might be a surprise here and there. We want to be open to pivoting. And there may be moments where you feel like your business is burning down. And my biggest piece of advice is just keep going because you're here to create an impact. And there's nothing that's going to stop you. Just keep going. There have been so many times in my business where I truly wanted to stop and shut it down because things felt so hard. But as you move your business forward, there will be new challenges. But they're challenges. They're all things that can be overcome. 
just continue to step outside of your comfort zone. I think that's the biggest thing for me that's really helped me move forward over the years and help me really scale my business is doing those things not everyone wants to do. Going live on Instagram and Facebook, going on podcasts or hosting a podcast, whatever that looks like to you, doing something that scares you every single day or even once per week is going to help move the needle forward. I love that. And what you shared about just keep pushing forward. I hear from a lot of people like, oh, once I hit this six figure mark, it'll just be smooth sailing. And it's like, no entrepreneurship. It doesn't matter where you're at as you continue to grow and scale and change things up. Like you're always going to have new mindset issues and new things that you have to push through and keep moving forward. (laughs) Exactly. New level, new challenge. You're going to have team members as you start to scale. And then you get to lead your team and make some tough decisions. There's so much that you don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And as you continue to level up, there's a lot of things that we just don't know or aren't aware of because we haven't dealt with them before. Just keep going. So many people need you and your guidance if you're listening. That's the best piece of advice for any entrepreneur is just keep going. And no matter what it is you're dealing with or going through, I've dealt with that too. Like you said, multiple times wanting to just throw in the towel and give up because things are hard. That's really why I feel like the high percentage of businesses fail in the first, I think it's first year or first five years is because you aren't pushing yourself through those hard periods. Exactly. And surrounding yourself with others who are in the same field as you, online space, or finding a mentor or a group program, somewhere where you can lean into when things like that come up, because you're running a business, those things will come up. You're a business. And so just having that support to lean into to also remind you that this isn't the end for you. Keep going. Definitely important too. Like if you don't have people in your life, actually in person that understand the aspects of running a business, get a community. (laughs) It's going to help you so much. So I know you talk a lot about finding a lifestyle balance while being an entrepreneur. I'd love for you to share your thoughts on how people can actually set that balance. Because I know like even at the beginning of my business, I was still working 60 hours per week at the start because I felt like I had to do all the things. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people do that. So it can be hard to really find that balance. Oh, I love this question so much because this is so important. I hope more people start to talk about this because creating that balance, like that's why we started this business or your business so that you could have most likely more freedom of time, freedom of money, or be able to just go and live. I started my business so that I could go travel and go enjoy life and create all of these memories, not to just hustle, hustle, hustle until I retire. Might as well be in a nine to five. You can enjoy it now. You can create that balance. And the biggest thing is create boundaries and actually hold to those boundaries. There are a lot of boundaries I wish I had when I had first started that I am so hard about now. I was just like you. I was working so much in my business nonstop. It took over my life when I first started because I had no boundaries. Like I was that person where I would respond to clients at 10 PM in the evening. I was in the Voxer 24 seven, getting back to clients. I had such an attachment 
because I am a helper. I just love giving, 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 but that was starting to impact my mental health. It was starting to impact my personal life as well. So I'll share a few examples of some of my favorite boundaries because I have so many favorites. There's social media boundaries, there's business boundaries, there's personal life boundaries. And I would say for your business, create business hours. When are you actually open? When you closed, again, you're a business, you're not open 24 seven, create hours, stick to them, have them into your contracts and let your clients know when you're available. For example, in my group programs, I'm not inside of Slack all day answering questions. I'm not there sitting, waiting for my clients to ask questions. I go in three times per day throughout the day to go and support my clients. My team does as well, creating some of those boundaries so that you can create a life outside of your business. Social media, same thing. Let's turn off all notifications. You don't need to be on Instagram 24-7. We don't need to be scrolly polies. We can set boundaries and be intentional when we hop onto social media. So know what you're going to do, what you're going to post, or who you're going to go and message before you even open the platform. I think the biggest thing, and this triggers a lot of my clients when I first ask them to do this, turning those notifications off. If you do that, that is going to be such a relief. It's literally going to change everything for you. That's the game changer. If you have notifications coming in, turn them off. You don't need to know when someone likes your stuff or comments or messages you back. Go live your life and create as much separation as you can. I keep all of my work email on my laptop. I keep all business stuff on my laptop. Asana is not on my phone. I try and remove as much from my phone as possible. Slack is only on my laptop. Creating that separation will help you create more balance in your life as well. So those are a few. I mean, I could talk hours and hours about boundaries, but boundaries are key. They're so key to creating that balance, which you deserve. You deserve to enjoy life as you build your business. It's why you started it in the first place. So make sure that we've got some of those boundaries in place. Anyone who is listening and is a people pleaser, I hope you just listen to all of that (laughs) because I find that a lot of people, they maybe create boundaries, but they don't actually hold themselves accountable to those boundaries that they set is usually because they tend to be people pleasers. They struggle to say no to things or feel like they have to answer right away. You've just given me an idea. I definitely need to remove Slack from my phone. Please, let's do that today. Something that I like to remind my clients too is having that boundary of not getting back to your clients every day. Like number one, you're creating boundaries to protect your energy. And it also serves your clients. We don't need to be giving responses to our clients 24-7. We can give them space to also figure it out on their own. I've had so many times where I couldn't get to a Voxer message for a few hours and my client messaged me back. I was like, don't worry, Melissa, I actually figured it out on my own. Thank you so much. Your clients can also figure some stuff out as well. But some of these boundaries serve your clients and it teaches them how to create boundaries for themselves as well. Lots of good coming out of boundaries. I think too, when it comes to client communication is if you start answering emails right away, or even in the evenings, that's going to train them to expect that kind of communication. And if you don't keep that up, then they're going to 
look at it as a bad thing. So you train your clients how to treat you and respect your boundaries from the start. (laughs) Exactly. Same with social media too. If we're responding to DMs within two minutes of that, like your audience is going to expect that you're training them to do this. So we want to teach them how we want them to treat us. I will delete Slack from my phone today. (laughs) I did turn notifications off, but I still tend to like when I'm taking a break and I'm doing something else on my phone, I tend to open it and just check in way too much. And I find that even apps on your phone, we're so connected to our phones and used to it that sometimes like I will open ClickUp, not even knowing that I've opened it and that I'm in there. Like it's just a subconscious thing where I've opened it and now I see all this stuff and now I feel like I have to take action right then and there. So deleting it will avoid all of that. (laughs) Or maybe take baby steps with everything. If deleting it right away is a big step, move it to like the last folder on your phone. If you have an iPhone, that way you at least can start to see the pattern of you moving to the last page and stop yourself beforehand, hopefully. But I would say deleting it's probably going to be best, but social media, move it to the very back if it's still on your phone so that you don't go into it. I wish that there was like a private folder or something where maybe your partner could put a code on it so you can only go in when someone else opens it for you. Like a child lock for entrepreneurs. (laughs) So many of us needed those boundaries. I struggled so much my first few years. And I even have times now where I fall back into old habits. I mean, we all do. So it's just being aware of those and shifting out of them as quickly as you can. Once you do notice you going back into some habits. So important. I love that. I hope everyone makes note of everything you just said, because boundaries are so essential. It's good to set boundaries when you're just starting, but if you're starting to feel overwhelmed and burnout, figure out what you're spending your time on right now and set some of those hard boundaries and stick to them is the most important part. It's so important. And So needed because if not, like you said, burnout will happen. It's inevitable. It will happen. And burnout is not fun. I've experienced it. (laughs) And now I know the warning signs. So once I start feeling that way, I can avoid it. But if I could have avoided it from the start, that would have been best case scenario because it's not fun. Like I went through a burnout period of about six to eight months on my first business And I never got my passion back for it. So I ended up selling that business. Burnout is not fun. It affects so much. It affects your business. It affects your personal life. It can affect your client experience as well. So we definitely want to avoid burnout. I've had some pretty rough burnout moments. So we definitely want everyone to avoid that if possible. I would love to hear what are some of your best tips for anyone who's listening and maybe thinking about starting a coaching business? The first thing is start. That honestly can be the hardest part for some people is just to actually start. Take some type of action every single day to move the needle forward and keep going. And I know I've already said that multiple times in today's chat with you, but those are all such important things. Start, keep going, step outside of your comfort zone and really show up and add value. Something that I truly believe is 
your value is your pitch at the end of the day. And so like I show up and I add value on my platforms each day, regardless if someone's going to purchase from me or not. I truly want to create the impact in this world and help others regardless of what happens. So if you can be adding value every single day on your platforms, it's a huge non-negotiable for me and my business. That's definitely something I'd recommend, especially in the early days. So just keep going, start to get really clear, focus on your foundations first. I did not have a full website until I was at consistent 10 to 15 K months, my business. Honestly, the only reason I actually put it together was because I had business cards. Who even uses business cards anymore? But I had business cards printed out for an in-person event that I was going to. And I wanted to make sure that the website on my business card was up and ready to go. That was the only reason I put it together. And I actually didn't even hand any of those business cards out because at that time it was just all Instagram bios. It had like the cool QR code on Instagram where you would just QR code each other virtually to connect. So just keep it simple, focus on your foundations, focus on serving and adding value and building relationships with people because you can find so much success in your business, especially as a coach or service base, just with that, without needing anything complicated like systems or full blown out websites or anything like that. You can definitely grow easily with simple systems like that. I love how you focus on starting simply because I feel like a lot of people get in their heads about, oh, I need this and this and this. I can't launch yet because I don't have a professionally branded logo and I don't have this. And it's really just, you're holding yourself back. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. (laughs) Doesn't it hold so many people back. I've seen so many folks not launch a course or not launch their program because they don't have all the modules created and ready to go. I'm like, well, you don't need to, you can record one every week as the program's running. It doesn't need to be ready to go when you first launch it. I've sold out so many of my programs before the program was even fully put together. You can sell out spots like that. It's not necessarily about all of the fancy things inside. Keep it simple and just step outside of your comfort zone. Don't let perfectionism hold you back because that's a big one that I see as well. I feel like if you hold things back until they're perfect, you're never going to launch and put yourself out there completely. And people need you. They need to be able to find you and hear your story. Otherwise, you're just going to keep holding what you have to offer back and people need it now. So I would love for you to tell us about all of your different programs. I was looking on your website and I love you have the Fierce Business Academy the six-figure fierce business mastermind, the fiercely scale mastermind, five-figure launch. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about each of your programs, who they're for, and what people would get out of them. So I love the way that I built my business because I can serve entrepreneurs at every level. And I love that because I've been at all of these stages before. So if you are brand new and starting my program, the Fierce Business Academy is the best spot to start. This is where I help entrepreneurs, coaches, service-based businesses, just starting, helping them determine their niche, creating their first program, signing clients and scaling to 5K months. If you're anywhere below that, that's definitely a great fit. 
There's just so much hands-on support inside of our programs as well. My next mid-tier is my six-figure Fierce Business Mastermind. It's a little wordy, so we can just keep it six-figure mastermind. (laughs) That's for anyone. If you're wanting to scale to 10K months, this is where we look at both the front end and the back end of your business. We go into hiring your first few team members, adding systems into your business, more automation, and really expanding your product suite so that you have more upsells, more downsells. Then you can really move into the 20 hour work week or however many work week you want to be at so that you can serve more people because that's always the goal, create a bigger impact, but without having to work nearly as much. Then fiercely scales my highest level mastermind. If you're ready to hit multiple six figures in your business, that's my highest touch. So like private boxer with me, private coaching calls with me as well, plus calls with my actual team. So my actual ads manager and my OBM, they come in and support my clients as well, which I love bringing my team and to support my clients too, because they've been such a big part of my growth. And then the others are courses that I have. All of those are on my website. If you want to take a peek, and then you can also find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite platform. So you can definitely come send me a message. I promise I don't bite. And we will have all of those links in the show notes for you guys to check out and connect with Melissa. But I wanted to mention, I love how you've mapped out your offer suite. I love how you have it so that you can serve people based on where they're at. And I think a lot of people don't really think about their offers in that kind of mindset and framework. So I just wanted to point that out to anyone who's thinking about building programs or courses or group coaching programs. Think about the big picture about who it's for, what level they're at. I love your offer suite. It's like, You can work with anyone and they're going to get what they need and then they'll be ready for the next offer. Exactly. We're able to meet them where they're at and help them move into the next level. If you're starting to think about your first offer and your product suite, it's all about your customer journey. So I always try and have something for my clients when they're finished with one of my programs. I want to support them in the next level. So think about your customer journey, like where are they now and then where can you continue to take them? after that. So that's really how I created my product suite, but I absolutely love it. It's so fun. I love that. That's awesome. And we've already shared Instagram is the best place to connect with you, but I know you mentioned it earlier, a little bit about your podcast so people can check that out too. For sure. So my podcast is the Fierce Business Babe podcast. And this is where I dive deep into everything. I think every single episode, we have over 150 episodes, one new episode every Monday morning, where I give actual steps, dive deep step by step on what to be doing, no matter where you're at in your business. There are some episodes that focus on beginner stuff, some episodes that focus on more intermediate and more advanced, but you're going to be able to get so much out of it. And if you find me on Instagram, all of those links are also in my bio for you to go and find me, but go binge. If you've got some time, you'll enjoy it. I was just checking out your podcast. Definitely a lot of your recent episodes, they look like they're really like deep level behind the scenes. And I'm going to be binging those (laughs) this week and get caught up because that's always helpful. I think, especially for introverts, we like to hear the behind the scenes, nitty gritty, dig deep into things. And I love that you're pretty open and share all of that. It's my favorite part about my programs too, is just, 
I share my screen so much to show behind the scenes. And I wish I had seen more of that when I was first starting, because when I first started, I didn't know what a six-figure business could look like, or not that it needed to look a certain way, but I just couldn't even picture it because I'd never seen anyone else's behind the scenes. So I love sharing behind the scenes with my Instagram and podcasts and things like that because it can be so helpful. Yeah, it's definitely helpful to be able to envision that, especially if that's your goal or that's where you want to be, but you're not there yet. Like you said, it's hard to envision it if you're not at that point yet. And a lot of people, they're not as open to share a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So I love that. Thank you so much for joining me. This was awesome. I know people are going to love this episode. I've gotten a lot out of this. I love everything you do and how you run your business and focus on balance. I think it's such an important discussion to have and share with other entrepreneurs who are probably struggling with that. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have had so much fun chatting with you about all of the fun stuff about business and social media and all of the things. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.